Welcome in everybody, 5280 Sports Network, 5280sportsnetwork.com. It's time for the Broncos Blitz, a spooky episode <laughs> of the Broncos Blitz coming to you. That was pretty awful. Uh. Coming to you from the parking lot of the UC Health Training Center on a warm, beautiful Halloween afternoon, October the 31st. Yep. 2016. I'm Jake Marsing. Ryan Green is here on a Monday for the first time in weeks. I like it. I don't have to plan on wearing a winter coat under my Halloween costume when I yeah. go out trick or treating later. Yeah, no, that that's nice. Um, we are here to break down Denver Broncos' 29-17 victory over the San Diego Superchargers. A game that. Did not feel as wide a margin as that score indicates. I'm glad I wasn't the only one. Yeah, it, I have. I had every time I see that score, I have to double or triple take that right. because it really just shows you how dominant the Denver defense was that the Broncos were able to score that many points, considering how stagnant the offensive attack was. But Ugh. we'll get to that here in just a moment. We'll get to that offense. Let's start with the Denver Bronco defense. Holy cow! Those guys came to play. They intercept Phillip Rivers three times. They force a lot of pressure. They cover well. They're all over the place. Jared Wolf has a batted pass. Jer- uh, Derek Wolf has a batted pass. Jared Crick has a batted pass. That Denver defense yesterday, Ryan, was everywhere. And one guy who, when I went back and watched this morning, really popped out to me was Darian Stewart. Really? A guy that we have not talked all that much about, but who has been really, really solid for the Broncos, but overall, just a stunningly outstanding defensive performance against the Chargers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Darian Stewart, you know, when he was brought in, I thought he was just going to be kind of the fill-in. T.J. Ward, they they wanted T.J. Ward to really take over that defense, be the Atwater type, but Darian Stewart has just been fantastic, really, especially this year. Uh, he he lays the wood, and he's he's much faster than I thought he was. You know, he's kind of a bigger safety, but yeah, I mean, you saw his athleticism yesterday, and truly, it was one of the few times. As much as I dislike Philip Rivers, he he is a very good quarterback, and even when things are hitting the fan, he's still a, he's still good. And yesterday, especially the, the last interception, the one on T, the T.J. Ward's interception. It looked like Philip was truly confused. It didn't look like he know, knew what was going on. Uh, I saw a stat from, I think, I forget who put it out, but the Broncos pressured Philip on 51% of the dropbacks. Yeah. And that is truly impressive. And this defense was, they they needed to make the plays to get the Broncos back in this game to win it, and that's exactly what they did. No, I think you and I both had a lot of concern about this game considering how things had gone against the Chargers last time. That first quarter, it felt exactly like how I thought the game was going to go. And they just turned it around. The turning point, obviously, the Bradley Roby pick six. Roby subbing in for Aqib Tlaib, who had his back spasm up on it on Saturday and wasn't able to go. He didn't really practice much at all during the week, so that wasn't wasn't as big a surprise to me as it was to some other people. But Tlaib didn't go, and Roby, they don't... That's what I've said. If they're going to miss Tlaib or Roby, it's not a big issue for me. Right. Because they have depth at the position. I think it would be a little bit of a bigger deal if Chris Harris went down, just because he has a specialized skill set that he he utilizes. But Roby, Harris, for me, are almost interchangeable. That's how good Mm -hmm. Roby's played since he's been in Denver. 
And shout out to Lorenzo Doss. I thought he filled in nicely. They went after him. Uh, uh, I know uh, if you know Travis Benjamin doesn't make an incredible play. Yeah, he, Lorenzo Doss tips it out of bounds. Lorenzo and then, played that well. Yeah, just, and then on yeah. the uh, fourth down in the fourth quarter, he knocks it away from Hunter Henry, I believe. So he filled in nicely, and he should have had a pick six, yeah. but it turned into a Darian Stewart uh, interception. Was, so he was our guest last week yeah. on Get to Know a Bronco. That episode. Uh, Episode of that will be coming out tomorrow on the Broncos off day. We'll see who we can grab in there mm-hmm. to do that. But, yeah, Lorenzo Doss played great. Play, players all over that Broncos secondary played well. Yeah. The linebacking core, I thought, was pretty was pretty excellent, which was surprising to me. Todd Davis had some really nice moments in that, yes. in that ball game. Yeah, uh, especially, you know, uh, I think now when you hear Todd Davis, you immediately think, oh, Tevin Coleman and the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure he's motivated to change that view. And yesterday... I think he showed what the Broncos saw in him and why they were okay with letting Danny Trevathan walk uh, and, and why they thought, well, he can just fill in when, when need be. And, and Corey Nelson as well. I thought, you know, yeah, Brandon Corey... Marshall, when you're losing the guy calling the plays out there, uh, that, that could be a really big hit. And Corey Nelson, I thought, did great. Coach Kubiak mentioned during his uh, press conference today that Corey Nelson played over 80, 80 snaps yeah. of football yesterday, and he played exceptionally well. Yeah, that Broncos defense came to play, and without them turning the football over, scoring a touchdown on their own, it's tough for me to see that game going the way it did for the Broncos because, Ryan, we've talked over and over and over again about how uh, how important it is for the Broncos' offense to be able to run the football, yeah, to be able to succeed. And yesterday, they couldn't get the job done. The Broncos run for a combined 57 yards as a team, not anywhere near the numbers they need to be at if this offense is going to be successful. Kubiak said it yesterday. The game running game was non-existent. And he said it again today. And it, yeah. and it, it truly was. Um, I thought... Capri didn't have a great day. Obviously, he, he, the one play the everyone one, remembers was the fumble. He's got to um, get that out of his head. Yeah, quick. yeah. But, I mean, Devontae Booker started his career with a fumble, so, you know, it, it's possible. I thought Devontae had, had that great 18-yard run, and he wasn't terrible. I know he injured his shoulder as well. But uh, I, I, even if CJ was in, it's probably still a 57-yard rush day. It was the, the offensive line... The offensive line got worked in every facet of the game yesterday. They did. In the past, they just got pushed around, and it was, you know, with the trade deadline tomorrow, it's it's making everyone nervous. Gary Kubiak did talk a little bit about the running game today. Let's go ahead and play that sound right now. Well, I mean, it's about the team, you know what I mean? It's always about the team, and, and you know, like yesterday, you know, obviously uh, we don't run the ball at all, you know. Uh, but we did make some big plays in the past game. 10 and 88 keep making big plays for us. Uh, when we made poor plays and Trevor threw the pick six, the next two plays he made went 70 something yards, you know. So, you know, you got to have a short memory. You got to overcome things in this league. Uh, you know, it's good football played all around, but we got to find more consistency in what we're doing. You know, Ryan, you mentioned Devontae Booker, and he did have a fumble. He, he's got to yeah. figure out, because fumbles were an issue for him, too, in college. He carries the ball all the way low and down here, right? And down he, by it, his waist, and it, I mean that's pee wee football. That's like day one, yeah, a pop Warner football, flag football, even high and tight, baby. Yeah, well, and not just that. He he doesn't. He I've noticed that he has a habit of not moving the ball to the outside arm. 
when he's running to the yeah. to the right, he keeps it in his left hand. Now, yesterday, I can see why he fumbled. He was trying to reach, and the and the defender hit him in the hand. Uh, it wasn't like his first fumble in the year, but at the same time, don't don't reach. You yeah. you you were far away. I mean, even if it, what if that thing goes out of bounds and then the Chargers get it at the twenty rather than the two? I think the Chargers still drove down and scored a field goal, or uh, that might have been the Travis Benjamin touchdown. But still, it it there don't reach. You're not on the goal line. Just just go go out of bounds and you know live another down. Just get a field goal out of it, especially with the defense you have. But at the same time, young kid, you know, just trying to make a play. I'm not going to fault him for for trying. Just be smarter about your trying. If the Broncos are only going to run the ball for 57 yards in a given game, they are going to lose that game eight times out of ten. Unless, Especially in December and January. Yeah, unless they're able to get crazy turnovers like they did. Right. That's the only way you can overcome that because uh-huh. Trevor Simeon, Ryan, and I, I get, I'm going to stick on this and say it over and over again until it gets in people's heads. <sighs> Trevor Simeon is a system-dependent quarterback. He is dependent on the on the on the scheme and on the Gary Kubiak offense. And when the scheme and the system isn't working, he can't be effective. And the scheme and the system cannot work. Play action, mm-hmm. uh, those boot those boot actions, those kinds of trickery, the the, the different kind of route combinations right. they like to run in this offense. Those cannot work unless you are running the football effectively. And there isn't like a set number you have to get to. You have to be able to run the ball effectively on critical downs. And right. the Broncos weren't able to do that yesterday, and it showed in Trevor Simeon's performance. He did not have a good game. Mm-hmm. Gary Kubiak even mentioned that his decision-making was below average or below where it's been, and that is a problem for this Broncos offense. The Broncos are okay with Trevor Simeon at quarterback if the system works, and it doesn't work if you can't run the football. And you mentioned the tackles, the, the offensive line. Russell Okung and Donald Stevenson were turnstiles during this game. And it has a lot to do... I I broke it down a little bit with Okung. I'm going to do it with Stevenson tomorrow. Okung is getting a little bit lazy in his footwork, where his kick step... He's so worried about getting driven back Mm -hmm. and losing leverage that he's making his kick step too shallow. Because if you kick your leg out way far wide when you pull out like that, you're 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 more liable to get driven right. back. But he's doing the he's doing the opposite right now. He's not kicking it up far enough. And then they so just he's go around him. yeah, he's giving up that outside yeah. shoulder. So that that's the the issue that Okung has had, and he's had it in about three games now, where the Broncos just that's a coaching point of emphasis. Mm-hmm. But I wonder a little bit if Okung and Stevenson are tougher guys to coach than some of the younger guys. Paradis Schofield, the others, because of their veteran status in the locker room. Yeah, that's true. I, I assume, you know, the old dog and new tricks line probably, yeah. probably you know, applies to them. Um, but going back to Trevor Simeon, yeah, go back. Really should have had about four or five interceptions yesterday. Yeah, let's it was be not honest. a good game. It, it was not a good game. Uh, but at the same time, even the play calling, uh, you know, Kubiak, I think, opened the game with a with a play action, which is fine. Yeah, the defense was probably thinking run. Um, but the thing is, it, I think if the Broncos' run game needs to be effective enough to let the play action happen, they got to get past the first level. If you get the linebackers thinking, okay, I'm the guys that need to stop the running backs five yards down, you know, it, we're, we're not talking, you, you don't need 10 yards a carry in this offense, but you need to be averaging a first down every three carries. That's yeah. that's what you need to be doing, and that's what gets defenses looking for the run. 
and it just wasn't there yesterday. And that's when, like you said, all right, we stopped the run. We dare you to beat us, Trevor Simeon. And uh, that's that's not a bet I am comfortable in taking. Uh, I like Trevor. I, I you know I think he is is smart with the football. I, I I don't. I mean, except for yesterday, he hasn't really tried to force the ball into really yeah. tight windows. Um, so, but like you said, the Broncos are good, even if Trevor is average, but when, when the, when the run game isn't working, Trevor then kind of becomes below average because the, just the defense is no. And, and the stat yesterday that, that, uh, the broadcast team said was that he had, uh, the fewest completions of, of past 15 yeah, yards. Yeah, he's, in, in he's the got league. the fewest air yards, uh, per attempt and he's yeah. got the fewest, completions from 20 or more yards uh, in the NFL. He does not push the ball downfield. He goes where the play is designed to Mm -hmm. take him. He, as Gary Kubiak said today, they attack coverage. Right. But And that's fine, and it's frankly a coach's dream to have a guy who just does what you tell him to do. But it's limiting what the Broncos can do on offense because it's making him scheme dependent. Mm-hmm. And if the run game doesn't work, the scheme doesn't work. Therefore, right. if the run game doesn't work, the offense doesn't work, including and most particularly Trevor Simeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, one guy who did have a really nice kind of bounce back game out of this young core at Broncos was Riley Dixon. Oh, yeah. Uh, the punter. He, he He's come along really nicely recently. He had a Kind of a tough bill to swallow. Yeah, and he had a moment where it was, it was he was backed into his own end zone. Right, it I was think a, this fourth quarter. Yeah, late fourth quarter, critical moment. You have to make a kick right there. You really have to come up with the best kick of your life in that situation to flip the field, kicking from the very back of your own end zone. And Dixon is able to do it, and he boots. I think it was a sixty-plus yard kick. Yeah, got to the. The Chargers thirty. Yeah, it was a that was a crazy kick. Gary Kubiak talked a little bit about Riley Dixon's performance today. Well, he, he has the ability to hit the big ball. We're looking, we're trying to get him more consistent. He's done a good job, but there was no no bigger play than that. You know, kicking the ball out of our end zone. You know, we had heck, we had two almost holding calls down there. I mean, it was a mess. And uh, bottom line, we needed a, the best punt of the year from him, and we got it. So. Uh, he punted well yesterday. Uh, B-Max kicked well. That was a positive thing we did in the kicking game, so hopefully we keep that going. Ryan, if the Broncos can get contributions from guys like Riley Dixon on a regular basis, they're going to be able to have success. But it all comes back to the running game. Mm-hmm. And the thing that got thrown out yesterday on Twitter by our boss, Sean Drotar, I wholeheartedly disagree with him on this point for a number of reasons. Uh Uh-oh. But I will bring it up here is to make a trade for a guy like Joe Thomas before the trade deadline at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Would you like to see that happen? Do you expect the Broncos to make a move before the deadline? Uh, I'd be indifferent. Uh, it was this time last year we were talking about talking or trading for D- Joe Thomas. So it depends. Broncos on what his made an offer to the Browns too. Yeah. They made a. Well, I think they offered him a conditional second and Shane Ray was the offer. Yeah, and I think they wanted a first rounder. And yeah. So I, I, I'm indifferent about it. I don't think one lineman coming in in week eight is immediately going to fix the run game. I think it could fix it come playoff time. But at the same time, I understand if you don't want to give up picks, if you don't want to trade Shane Ray, I get that. So if they make it, cool. If they don't, cool. Whatever. It's it, He's a veteran guy. You know, Joe Thomas is older, so it's yeah. not like he's going to be getting, uh, you know, 
I, I don't know how much longer he's going to be playing. Exactly. He's, here's the thing about the Broncos. A, this is not going to happen, Broncos fans, for salary cap consideration reasons. Broncos still have to find a way to sign Darian Stewart, and mm-hmm. they really do want to do that, and I think they should. They've got about $9.5 million under the cap right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Thomas would would eat up $8.3 million of that this Ugh, year, yeah. 8.8 in the next two seasons if you don't rework his deal. Uh, there goes Vic Lombardi walking past the car right now. Uh, if you don't rework his deal, he would eat up a ton more money than I think he's worth mm-hmm. heading into his 32nd year on earth. Yeah. He's a veteran guy. He's getting long in the tooth. He can still play, but he's not quite the player that he was a few years ago. And the asking price is just going to be ridiculously high from the Browns, a Browns team that are apparently buyers at the trade deadline. Yeah, Jamie Collins, what is going on there? I don't quite understand that, Bill Belichick, but I'm kind of past criticizing his decisions. Yeah, I guess. So, uh, yeah, the Broncos uh, making a move I think would be a mistake in that situation because I don't think the offensive line issue is a talent issue. I think it's a coaching point, and I, I think there are a lot of issues going on with the Broncos and a lot of issues on that offensive line, and just bringing in an entirely new player right. who probably wouldn't be ready to go for another two to three weeks to learn the system, and then all of a sudden kicking out Russell Okung, a guy who's never played right tackle in his entire career, right. asking him to go do that. It doesn't make any sense. It is a, it is like a Madden franchise mode kind of move. That's yeah. how silly that yeah, is yeah, to me. Yeah. Sorry, Sean, we disagree on this point. No, I, I kind of understand, and, and I, I almost believe that the way that they want to run the ball is is almost attitude. You know, you go back to when the run game like this was at its peak. Yeah. They still had free agents in late-round draft O-line, but they had Terrell Davis, and they said, here we come, try and stop us. It's, and and it's, they just had that attitude with them where it's like, oh, crap, here comes yep, the Broncos' run game. It's third and two. We're going to line up in the power eye, yeah. offset, and we're going to run it to the strong yeah. side. Here we go. Stop us if you can. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that that's the thing is that back in, you know, in 97 and 98, the Broncos weren't averaging a ton of points. They they were capable of it, but they still yeah, had a lot of a 24, 20, yeah, 27 point games, but uh, this so offense is built for those kind of mid 20s games. Right, okay. exactly. And this defense is built for that as well. Um, so it's I I and the other thing is is that, you know, a crappy offensive line still got him a Super Bowl win last year too. So yeah. uh, the 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 necessity, I guess, isn't there to trade. The one difference they don't have a quarterback this year who gets the ball out in less than two seconds on a regular basis. And they don't, and I'm not going to say They do that, miss Peyton Manning on this right. team. I'm, I'm sorry to say that. They, they not, miss him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm not saying that the players don't have motivation to play, but there's a difference. It's a different th- vibe. There's a different vibe, and I truly think, I mean, much like we saw with Ray Bork and mm-hmm. John Elway, I think the team wanted to win for Peyton Manning. Uh, I think they really wanted to win I, the I don't know if I'll them. go that far. But they wanted to win for themselves, especially guys on that defense. That. that defense has a lot of attitude, and they wanted oh, yeah. to get one for themselves. Hey, before we get out of here, i got to throw this out. The Denver Broncos are going to be hosting a very cool event tomorrow. So Tuesday, and all it's an all-day event down at the stadium. It's the 19th annual Drive for Life, oh, Bond Feeds Blood Drive. Yeah. Uh, they're hoping to get tw- uh, 1,250 
contributions, donations of blood. It is the state's largest annual blood drive. It is just one of the countless examples of ways that the Denver Broncos uh, row out into the community and do positive public service. Right. Uh, it is it is really just a tremendous thing that they do. If you have time, go down to the stadium tomorrow on Tuesday, November the 1st. Go down, donate blood. There'll be Broncos players there. You can go play cornhole with some of the players. Here's actually a Denver Broncos community development exec, Liz Mana, speaking about the event today at Dove Valley. So what's really neat is fans that come out and donate not only are saving lives with us and, and really being a part of our community outreach and impact, but then they get to be thanked personally by Broncos players. You know, there's not really any other time where you can donate blood and then play cornhole with a member of the no-fly zone. We'll have players on hand, Broncos cheer, alumni, we'll the Super Bowl trophies. So it's really a fun day, and we, for those that are going to come out, really ask them to give a couple of hours so that they can really enjoy all that the day offers. So yeah, I really think getting out to, to Drive for Life, if you can, will be great. I will try and be out there to talk to some folks get a vibe of how things are going. I know Ryan has been around that event before. Yeah, they usually have cookies. Yeah, it's great. Go out there if you can. It's at the stadium. Park in the lot. If you want information, reach out to me. Reach out to the Broncos. They will be happy to see you. They need a lot of donations to make sure that folks can get through the very treacherous holiday winter season where donations tend to drop off pretty considerably for them. So And this election season. Oh, right? my God. It's almost over. Right? It's almost over. Uh, hey, so go ahead and do that if you can. Otherwise, I will. Uh, we'll be Ryan and I will both be back here on Wednesday, mm-hmm. right? You'll be here, Ryan. Yeah. Um, they have the day off tomorrow. Yeah, they have the day off tomorrow. So tomorrow's episode it's of the Broncos. We're having a normal week. <laughs> so to, tomorrow's episode of the Broncos Blitz will be a get to know a Bronco episode. We're gonna go in the locker room here in just a little bit, about ten minutes, mm-hmm. and uh, talk with uh, one of the Denver Broncos and hopefully get the chance to get to know him. Jordan Taylor, potentially. Capri Bibbs, potentially on my list. We'll see who is available today, and we'll bring that to you. So come back for tomorrow for that. Otherwise, uh, we'll be starting to break down Raiders. Big-time Raiders week. Big game. Big, big, The first time game. a Raiders game has been big. It's fun, isn't it? Ugh. Ryan, the, years. the autumn wind is like a Raider. You remember that? I do. That's some uh, NFL films. The stuff, autumn wind but, uh, is like a. It's been a while like a since that has been true. Yep, it is, but it's true this time. That team it's is true. that team. I thought they would be pretty good, and they have proven to be a pretty good football team. Mm-hmm. We will start breaking them down later this week. But for now, and for everybody at fifty two eighty sportsnetworkcom and the Broncos Blitz, he's Ryan Green. And he's Jake Marsing. We'll see you tomorrow.